Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. John Moe has served as host of National Public Radio broadcasts over the many years that I have heard him, including uh, Weekend America. Uh, I didn't listen to, but I wish I had, uh, Wits. That sounded good. Uh, And he is often featured on All Things Considered, Morning Edition, and other uh, National Public Radio products. Uh, He joins us here as the author of The Hilarious World of Depression, uh, some of the material uh, coming from the podcast, but not mostly because the podcast is sort of an interview format. And that always makes me nervous, John, to interview an interviewer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll try to avoid turning any tables on. No, but you're going to judge me. If I don't do it right, I just know it. <laughs> uh, and I'm actually a terrible interviewer because usually oh, I don't like... Great then. Yeah, I don't like to ask questions, so I'll just give you the format of this show generally, which is I will say stuff and then I'll come to a full stop and there'll be an awkward pause and then you'll feel wow. either compelled to comment or to, you know, sort of uh, pull a, a comment, unpack something from there. How does that sound? Okay, sure. Okay. That sounds sounds unconventional and yet refreshing. Yeah, but yeah, exactly, because it avoids all the so what about you to read your book, you know, write your book kind of thing. (laughs) So I have a um, I have I've been blessed, I would think, just biochemically. I won the lottery in that one sense. That although I have been appropriately sad um, at emotional events, which. I think, requires sadness. I would be a sociopath if I weren't. Um, I've never really experienced any kind of profound or what you would refer to as Clinny D, a clinical Mm -hmm. depression. And I I, I don't think I even understood how lucky I was in that genetic lottery until later on when I realized a lot of my friends just don't have it that that good in that sense. Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky thing. Like, I've been... Uh, unable to ever really define it. And that's part of what fascinated me about uh, the disorder, about the illness, is that I've, I couldn't give you uh, an elevator pitch definition of what depression is. I don't know anybody who could. I've read you know, books and, and writings and articles by, by people who are very experienced in psychiatry and psychology, and they really can't. And so... Um, you know, the, the, a lot of what the book does is it explores it through the stories that people tell, yeah. the analogies that I come up with. Um, and it's, it's a really, it's a tricky thing to, to put your finger on. It's kind of, it's kind of impossible, but really it comes down to a disorder. You know, I, I was, uh, I interviewed Mike Berbeglia, the, the comedian, not long ago, and, um, and he said that, that he had never been, diagnosed as depressed and but yet he also had an inability to feel joy and it interfered with you know parts of his life and i said well that's sort of the same thing it's it's a disorder if it's getting in the way of doing things that you need to be doing not just you know whitewater rafting or something but getting the kids to school getting getting a shower getting out of bed that's when it becomes a disorder. But the term depression, you could use it or not. It's it's more or less, uh, a therapist friend told me, it's more or less for insurance purposes. When yeah. you have a, a darkness that's forming a block in your life that's proving to be an obstacle, um, we call it a, a major depressive disorder because then you can get it treated 
in a medical type of situation. And and yet m- medical works for a lot of people, but not for everybody. And I know yeah. that to be true, just even with friends and family. And I also know that, and some people, you know, for them, it was a savior. I mean, it was absolutely turned their life around. But it, I, yeah. I, I guess I'm, part of the point I'm pushing on that is that people toss around the word depression when really they mean sadness and it's very fleeting. And if we're going to include a definition of depression, I think in your book, you, you get to it right away. It's the, it becomes sort of this inability to resist that dark cloud. It becomes that dark cloud starts to control you, not you being able to hold it off any longer. And that's what really tricked me about it for a very long time. Till I didn't get diagnosed till I was in my mid-30s. And so all the thoughts of depression that I had experienced, I thought was just my own brain. I thought it was just uh, the way the world was. You know, the, the reality of the world, I figured, was that I was kind of weird and just not as good as everybody else. And because I had been hearing that since I first experienced this stuff when I was very young, then I just thought, well, that's, you know, that's the oldest voice I can remember. That's, that's the voice I know best. So that's the ultimate truth. And I could have people be friendly to me. I could get married. I could have my wife and kids tell me they love me and it was all great, but I could say, yeah, but I'm, I'm also like the worst person around. And it took a long time to, to separate those thoughts and say, okay, there's no, logical basis for those thoughts. There's no empirical evidence that suggests that this is true, and yet I believe it. And so what's going on there? And then that's when things really started to improve. It's when I could say, okay, that's a distortion. That is the product of of a disorder that I have. Um, But it's compounded, as you say, with with the vagueness of, of the term depression, because it is a disorder, but it is also an emotion. You know, people say they're depressed when their team lost the Super Bowl, but they're just sad. And that's a healthy thing because they cared about that team. If they felt nothing when the team won the Super Bowl, that'd be a little bit more cause for concern. Um, but the depression is also a weather term and it's a geology term and it's an economic term. So it's it's really hard, I think, for people to get a grip on what we're talking about it in, in terms of a medical uh, situation or a, a psychological disorder. Yeah. Uh, I don't usually spend as much time on somebody's book jacket as I'm going to spend on yours, but I want to read one <laughs> of the part of it because I thought it really distilled the point very clearly. Again, we're talking with John Moe the hilarious world of depression. And it says here, depression had John Moe questioning every part of his life from his loving marriage and children to his career as a beloved public radio personality. And I think what's so interesting for me, and I'm assuming you've had a similar experience. There's a lot of people in media who go into media, at least in part because of their depression. I think it's true. I think a lot of people, I mean, the whole idea for this started when I knew so many comedians who were depressed, either talking about it on stage or just as I got oh, yeah. them as friends talking totally. about it. And um, I think there is, like early on, it, right around the time depression hit, I found that I was a, a pretty good actor. Like I had a natural talent for acting. Not 
great, but pretty good enough that I could get cast in school plays and and make a, a minor go of it as an adult. And it worked out so well because you could go on a stage and or a, a set or whatever it was and know, okay, here's my relationship to all these people. Here is exactly what I'm going to say. And I know in advance what they're going to say in return. And then at the end, everybody claps and, and right. gives me the, the, the support and encouragement that I can't provide for myself. So right. it's, uh, it, and, and media is kind of the same way. And, and I'm trying to, it's been a, a bit of a soul searching period really since I've, I've, kind of focused on the issue of depression in, in my professional career because along the way you develop a knack for for doing it in our case for doing you know talking into microphones and, right and uh, finding out what happens when you do it and so I'm like well I, I love this and I don't want to give it up um, I hope I'm doing it for the right reasons and so for me it was a matter of kind of shifting what I talked about so when I got that response, it was from people who said, "Oh, this uh, this book you wrote really helped me figure out what was going on. I'm going to go get some help, or it helped me figure out what my dad's been dealing with all these years." Well, and I, I think I think that speaks to radio listeners too, in that especially on an overnight show like this, which I've been a part of for two decades, um, but there's been a recurring conversation in back channel, originally chat rooms, then just even through email or through social media about depression and about being up all night, being unable to sleep and and learning to love the radio as sort of a dashboard buddy to keep, to kind of, you know, drive them through these depressions. And I always thought that was, that was interesting on both sides. And I, so many people I know who were either had depression or or were bipolar who were performing the radio and the people that had depression or other issues that were listening to the radio and i thought wow that is just there's a there's a kind of symmetry to that but there's really a symbiosis and i i think i don't know that anybody's ever addressed that well it's human connection isn't it at the end of the day And, and it's it's the same thing that i have a lot of friends that uh who I talk to who are who are in the book musicians singer songwriters uh, who actors novelists and, and comedians and the when they're successful they're they're saying something that connects with people right and so right. Um, I you know I'll, I'll talk to my friend Nico Case singer songwriter and brilliant songwriter and she'll she'll write a line and deliver it with her voice in just such a way that gets through the recording and into the headphones or into the speaker or whatever it is. And it hits people in the heart and it's a magical thing. And I think for people who, who struggle, you know, who have to make a, a conscious effort in, in getting through the day or in navigating the world, that that's a really, that's a really terrific thing. Yeah. I think there are the, the the cofactors too that you experienced the OCD um, as a child even again yeah. undiagnosed um, and the the cofactors that other people may have that don't necessarily connect it to depression um, and they they too may never have been clinically diagnosed but they yeah. may have other things too that you know they may have insomnia they may have a bunch of other things that that only feed that that downward 
spiral that needs to, you know, the energy needs to go up and down. And, and this is what you're doing so much in your book is you're trying to get the energy to go up and not just keep drilling down. Well, I'm encouraging people to look around for things that work for them. I mean, I always say I'd be a, a really uh, terrible guru or cult leader because I don't believe there's one way to treat it. <laughs> right. I can't say, follow me and do what I say and, and you'll be all right. I just don't believe that. But I think there's, even though there's nothing that works for everybody, there's something out there that'll work. And yeah. And there's a lot of trial and error involved in finding it. And I try to describe that in the book, too. And I have friends who who uh, only do therapy and don't do meds. I have friends who do meds and don't do therapy. I have friends right. who don't do either, but they exercise like crazy or right. they, they meditate or whatever right. it is they do, and, and good for them. Um, but you, you're right. Depression, I always say it's it's it's. It never rides alone. It's not a solo act. It's always part of a band. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.